Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Breda Pest Management, the official pest control of UGA Athletics. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. So I want to begin today by saying something that's probably a little bit weird, and if I really gave myself a chance to think about this, maybe I might say I don't fully mean this, but it's just kind of on my mind right now, that there is something about the last two years for Georgia National Championship seasons that did not provide me with something that I actually kind of missed a little bit. And this is a very weird thing to say. I, I totally admit this. But because Georgia was the reigning national champion, I wasn't as excited about like the preseason chatter, the offseason type stuff that I typically enjoy. Normally, there's a lot of excitement about looking ahead to the next season because in, in most years, Georgia's like every other team in college football with the exception of one you're talking about what you need to do to kind of get to the top of the college football world. And you are excited about the upcoming year because something about the previous year didn't exactly provide you with exactly what you wanted. And so therefore, in college football, one of my favorite things, because most of us who love this sport kind of consume every piece of information available about it, like 12 months out of the year, 52 weeks out of the year, 365 days out of the year, even 24 hours uh, per day. And all. if college football news breaks, we're there for it whenever it is. And so for those of us who live for college football, who love the idea of seeing our team win as many games as it can win, there's always this race to kind of start that conversation as quick as possible. As soon as the calendar year changes, it's all about, boom, what do you do to get ready and get excited about the upcoming year? And in a weird kind of roundabout way, the last couple of years haven't really provided as much of that for Georgia because Georgia was the champion. They weren't wondering about what the next year was going to look like. We were all busy still enjoying the year that had just taken place. And do not get me wrong, I would love nothing more than to go back and kind of relive all of that. But it does sort of remind me that we are heading towards a 2024 year that's going to feel a little bit different at the beginning than perhaps the uh, last couple of years had. And I do think it can be a fun one for Georgia fans beginning that conversation of, you know, how do you get back? How do you make next year, this time, you know, a year from now, feel different than it does right now where you're not listening to a college ball playoff conversation or a national championship conversation take place about somebody else. You're putting yourself squarely back in that conversation again. What needs to happen now over the course of the next few months to uh, make sure that's the case and the Orange Bowl we believe can be a little bit of a springboard for that now that's not always true there are occasionally kind of what we call false positives from bowl games sometimes the team that plays well during the bowl season is not necessarily a guarantee to also do that the following fall because bowl seasons have probably always been but certainly now more than ever a little bit of an outlier a little bit of kind of a separate thing unto itself but you better believe when those way too early top 25 start coming out when people start giving you their early thoughts with the upcoming season georgia with carson beck returning as we talked about yesterday by playing well against florida state even though this is not quite the same florida state it was perhaps during the fall all of that sets up georgia to be a major major part of the early preseason conversation when 2024 fully begins and frankly that's why i think a lot of us are just sort of hopeful to see georgia play with a little bit of an edge about itself as it uh, gets ready for the seminoles coming up on saturday and this is one of those things where by the time we're having this conversation now there is a lot of water under the bridge in terms of 
Georgia losing to Alabama and my belief that Georgia probably still should have been included in the college football playoff. I always think it's sort of weird that conversation never got off the ground at all. I feel like Georgia had a much stronger argument for that than was ever fully considered. But the edge that Georgia sort of had, that some fans sort of had, in the immediate aftermath of that, of, hey, I don't care what you say, we are one of the four best teams in the country, that's that edge that I do think Georgia hopefully is able to find ahead of Saturday in that game coming up against the Seminoles. In fact, I want to go back to the past here for a moment, right, the beginning of the month, when Kirby Smart, in the immediate aftermath of the loss to Alabama, and he didn't want to do this, he was probably sort of doing it because he felt like that's what the job required, but he was making the argument in favor of Georgia being in the playoff. And while Smart wasn't necessarily feeling it, it's nonetheless, I believe, factually true. And the edge that we perhaps all had at one point about this, hopefully that kind of conjures itself back up again on Saturday. Let's go back to hear Kirby Smart uh, from the beginning of the month, right after the SEC championship game, on the argument that no matter what anybody else thought, Georgia was one of the four best teams in the country. This is what Kirby Smart said. Look, Bill Hancock said it's not the most deserving he said simply it's the best four teams so if you're going to tell me somebody sitting in that uh, committee room and doesn't think that that georgia team is not one of the best four teams i don't know if they're in the right uh profession because it's it's, it's a really good football team it's a really talented football team it's a really balanced football team um so you know they have to make that decision but it's the best four teams and uh that's critical so here's what we know. If Georgia wins the Orange Bowl against Florida State, there aren't going to be very many like people outside of Dog Nation, national media types, whatever else, who are like, you know what? Maybe Georgia really was one of the four best teams. No one's going to have their mind probably changed in the base of this Orange Bowl alone. But that doesn't mean that some of that same juice couldn't power Georgia for this game of, I don't care who gives us credit for being one of the four best. We're going to go out there and show we're, we're one of the four best no matter what. I think that'd be kind of a fun edge for Georgia to put on display against Florida State on Saturday. It'd be a great way to send a message about what this Georgia team can be, and frankly, I hope to see it. But the flip side of that, the other side of that same coin is, it's also a chance to see how Georgia responds to a loss. And y'all, that's something that none of us have seen in a very long time. Georgia had obviously won 29 straight games. They'd gone, you know, almost two full years without, you know, losing any game at all. Uh, you know, a winning streak that spanned three different seasons, uh, you know, for Georgia. It's been a long time since we'd seen Georgia lose. And so it is sort of fair to wonder, okay, well, how does Georgia respond to this now for this game, but also as a kind of a setup for what next year can be? Is Georgia now permanently taken down a peg because it did lose this game? Or was this a brief hiatus of what is otherwise a dominant era for Georgia in the midst of some sort of dynastic-style run? Well, once again, I'm not saying that the Orange Bowl is sort of the full and complete picture and, and, and proof of that one way or another, but it's still a fairly interesting data point, isn't it? It's still worth kind of seeing and, and, and I think uh, if being curious about exactly how it might you know, play out. And you know, it's once again a reason to go back in time on Kirby Smart here. You know, there was the audio that was shared by the SEC Network, kind of the private postgame speech. And, you know, the one side of the coin is, hey, edgy and kind of aggressive about going out and showing that Georgia was one of the four best teams in the country. But also the flip side of that is someone introspective and and uh, 
contemplative and, and willing to consider how does this team kind of bond back together, unite back together to get to work together to kind of overcome the brief adversity they were forced to face because they lost the SEC championship. Once again, Kirby Smart's words in the locker room after the game shared by the SEC network. I think give us a little bit of an idea about that. This is what he said then. Take a listen to this. Man, I love this team so much. This team's got a lot of fight in it, okay? A lot of fight in it. And did a lot of good things in this game, okay? We made too many mistakes to deserve to win. I love this team. I don't know what's going to happen, and nobody knows what's going to happen. The only thing we control is what we're going to do moving forward. You guys are fighters. You're competitors. Look what you just did. Look what you've accomplished. And we didn't finish it. And we'll finish this thing the right way. I love the men in this room. And when you lose games, here's what you do. You don't look to point the finger outward. You say, what can I do? What could have I done better, Nas? What could have I done better, Carson? What could have I done better, David? Everybody, including me, including me, we don't ever fracture here. Composure, toughness, resiliency, and what else? Connection. Y'all hear me? It's got to mean something to you. It can't just mean something to you when you win. Keep your head up, okay? I love every one of you guys. Remember, connection and family goes on past a loss. I'm proud as hell of you, man. I love every one of you. I'll do anything for you the rest of your life, and we're not done yet, okay? It's a beautiful statement from Kirby Smart, and it obviously makes, I think, all of us more excited about it on Saturday because, as he said, this stuff can't just mean something to you after wins. It's also going to mean something to you after a loss. He predicts that Georgia's going to finish this the right way. I believe he was referencing the bowl game coming up when he said that and the idea that, as Smart has said many times in the past, after a win, after a loss, Georgia has no plans of going anywhere that Georgia is going to be right back to the business of competing and fighting for everything and get its hands on, whether it won its last game, whether it's lost its last game, because it's always looking ahead to the next thing. That's something that Kirby Smart has talked about certainly plenty of times. And I love that from Kirby Smart. And I am so excited about seeing some of that on display in Miami on Saturday against what might be a Florida State team that has a little bit of a different vibe around it here right now. And I think about what comes in the immediate aftermath of this weekend. As I said before, uh, one of the things I've kind of missed about the last couple of years is, you know, way too early top 25s, early preseason looks. You know, a lot of us weren't too into all that kind of stuff the last couple of years because we didn't need to be. Our team was already on top, and so therefore we were just simply basking the glow of what had been accomplished, looking back to the past more so than being all that eager to look ahead to the future. Not this time, though. This time, most of us, I believe, can't wait for 2024. Most of us can't wait to get another crack at all of this, another chance at Alabama coming up in September or you know whatever other big game you've sort of got on your mind. All of that is to come in 2024. And some thoughts and some ideas about where Georgia ranks in all of that will start coming out here pretty soon. How high will Georgia be ranked in these way too early top 25s? How much early buzz will there be for Georgia kind of getting back to the business of competing for a national championship with Carson back, back at quarterback? This Orange Bowl is a chance to send a message about all of that, a chance to say, yeah, we may have finally lost a game. After 29 straight, those of you who were just dying to see Georgia lose, you got your wish. But I hope you enjoyed it because that feeling you got watching Georgia lose, it's not going to last very long because Georgia plans on getting back to the business of winning in 2024 and starting with the Orange Bowl to conclude this season coming up on Saturday. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented today by Breda Pest Management. Happy to have you with us. Whether you watch us normally 945, first and 15, dognation.com, dognation app. We're actually not there 
uh, yesterday or today. We are pre-recorded just for uh, holiday stuff, travel, getting ready for the bowl game. But back live again tomorrow from Miami, which will be a, a lot of fun. Of course, for all of you who watch live across all video platforms at 10 or the radio on Athens Sports Radio 960 The Ref or as a podcast, we are just happy to have you with us. And a big thanks to our friends at Breda Pest Management who make the show possible. The official pest control provider of UG Athletics. It means they're protecting Sanford Stadium and Stegman Coliseum and Foley Field and all these UG Athletic venues. They're protecting that from termites and bugs and critters and everything else. And you can do the same thing yourself when you trust the official pest control provider of UG Athletics to take uh, care of your your home, your commercial property, your rental property. Breda Pest Management can be trusted on all of that. When you make the switch to Breda, they're going to put more money back in your pocket just for making that decision. So please reach out, find them online. It's BredaPest.com. That's B-R-E-D-A, BredaPest.com, the official pest control provider of UG Athletics, the prestige they've earned in business since 1975. 125 employees stretched all across our market area, taking care of folks day in, day out. That prestige they earn from that lineage and track record of success, they're going to leverage that for your benefit by saving you money, putting more money back in your pocket when you make the switch. So find them online, BredaPest.com. One more time, B-R-E-D-A, BredaPest.com for a lot more on that. All right, it's Connor Riley coming up in a moment. We had Connor on yesterday. Connor, kind enough to be a part of a couple of pre-recorded interviews with us, sort of looking ahead to... Looking back on signing day, we did that yesterday. Looking ahead to the Orange Bowl, we'll do some of that with Connor here coming up in just a little bit as well. But prior to speaking to Connor once again, let me go around the doghouse today, poured by our friends at Dr. Pepper. And I have to confess one thing. So uh, one of the feelings that I don't love sometimes is, and you know, I'm always kind of evaluating how I did on the show, what my performance is like. And there's some things I can't help. Like sometimes I have a tendency to talk a little too fast or I wish I looked better on camera. There's some things I cannot help. But there are other things that you absolutely can control. And when I don't do this well, it drives me crazy. The thing I'm talking about is I get really upset when I feel like we haven't talked enough about something. You know, there's always a lot of stuff going on. This time of year, it's like drinking from a fire hose. There's so much going on. And you've even heard me reference in the show a couple of times that with so much going on, it's sort of bound to be true that maybe we haven't talked enough quite yet about this or that or something that should get, you know, get a lot of attention. And one of the player returning, one of the players returning for Georgia for the upcoming season, uh, I think probably deserves a little bit of a spot to have, um, you know, him discussed here for a moment because I think it's a really big deal that Smile Mondin's coming back to Georgia for this upcoming season. I really do, and I don't think we saw the best of Mondin in twenty twenty three at times because I do believe that Smile, beginning of the year and end of the year, was pretty banged up and dealing with an injury that kind of kept him from being the best he could possibly be. But in 2022, we saw a lot of Smile Mondin uh, in a very, very high level. And I think that Mondin was playing, you know, I mean, gosh, it feels like Jamon Dumas Johnson got a lot more attention than Smile did in 2022, perhaps with a good reason. But honestly, at the kind of the national award level, I thought that Smile Mondin was actually pretty close to being at almost a, sort of an equal level to what Jamon Dumas Johnson that particular season was kind of given credit for being. I thought Smile was just tremendously uh, effective for Georgia. And to think he's coming back for Georgia here in 2024 to go alongside the C.J. Allens and the Redland Wilsons, uh, perhaps a little bit of Justin Williams coming in, you know, guys we've already seen and see play well for Georgia. I think the Mondin thing's a big enough deal that when you look back on it and you realize when it was announced, it was sort of right in the middle of us talking about a lot of other things. And so, therefore, maybe we just didn't talk about that quite as much as we could. I wanted to on this day where, 
you were kind of getting ready to be in Miami and getting ready for the Orange Bowl, kind of highlight the fact that when you start thinking about everything that the 2024 season can be, you know, the presence of a guy like Mondin, perhaps fully healthy and showing you what he's all about, that could end up being one of the real important deals for Georgia, one of the important announcements for Georgia that kind of just got included in the midst of a lot of other things there as well. In fact, I want to go back to kind of an old clip from Kirby Smart. He's talking about, and you're going to hear in this clip, you know, Kirby saying, hey, you know, Smile's going to do this, going to do that. You know, he's obviously still sounding like Kirby Smart in the midst of talking about Mondin. But in this particular clip, you hear you hear Kirby also give a pretty rare level of praise that I think reinforces why it's such a big deal that Smile Mondin is coming back. And I take this pretty seriously. This is Kirby Smart like a year or so ago or whatever, but talking about Mondin and talking about kind of the full picture of exactly what Smile is and the phrase you're going to hear from Kirby is a reinforcement of why his return is a big deal. Here's Kirby Smart. Smile Mondin is as good an athlete as I've seen. He has to increase his physicality, his toughness. Um, he missed spring. Um, because of a, a shoulder surgery, but he's put on some good solid weight. He's a really good athlete. He played a lot of snaps on special teams. Core linebackers get valuable experience on special teams before they're the feature guy. So Kirby says, okay, you know, it needs to be more physical, whatever else. And he's obviously trained on special teams to be ready to kind of be, as he says, the guy. And I guess that's the part of that that I find it kind of interesting is, is could Smile Mondin kind of be the guy for Georgia at that linebacker position here in 2024 the way that a Nicope Dean would have been. Perhaps Javon Dumas-Johnson came very close to becoming. Certainly a Roquan Smith was. Could Smile Monda now, uh, with another year's worth of experience, become the guy? Well, you certainly believe it's certainly a possibility when Kirby Smart says this is as good an athlete as he's ever seen. Y'all, that's a real legitimate compliment coming from someone like Kirby Smart, who over the course of a coaching career, you better believe, has seen a bunch of really good athletes. But Kirby's saying there, Monden's as good as any of the athletes that I've seen. And if you compare the physicality to go along with that, this could be the guy here at Georgia. Well, at a place like UGA, that means like Butkus Award winning level that's what georgia's kind of been at that position that's what that was sort of been before that's what they perhaps you know could be uh you know right in, in this upcoming season as well with a guy like Mondin. so i feel like there was a moment in which we probably did not talk about this enough but i wanted to kind of highlight that here a little bit that when it's all said and done when all the pieces are together transfer portal departures transfer portal additions recruiting additions draft uh picks that could have left that didn't draft picks that decided to move on when all the pieces are sort of shifted around the board here and when the 2024 roster is fully in place don't lose sight of an announcement like this smile Mondin with experience with a track record for success saying i want to come back and do this one more time here at a place like georgia that could prove to be this fall a player that georgia fans are very happy to have here on this team and that is around the doghouse here today poured by our friends and dr pepper by, by now all of you know that dr pepper is a huge part of my everyday routine right it's my treat that i enjoy when every show is completed it's a big part of my college football season because dr pepper is a big part of college football it's the one fans deserve it's also a huge part of my christmas and holiday season there as well y'all know i love to do that there too in fact over the course of the last couple of days i can promise you i've been enjoying plenty of dr pepper and so if you want to make any occasion happier more enjoyable we think Dr. Pepper's a great choice for you. So enjoy the rich, one-of-a-kind flavor of Dr. Pepper out there doing some grocery shopping at Kroger, wherever you're going. Try some Dr. Pepper or just enjoy some more because you know you love it. At least I do. So make sure you enjoy some today. Dr. Pepper pouring around the doghouse for us today here on Dog Nation Daily. All right, before we're done, 
Georgia obviously getting ready to get going with its bowl game there on Saturday, but there are other big bowl games on the horizon. We will continue our preview of some of those there as well. But for now, on Georgia's bowl game, Orange Bowl against Florida State, uh, Carson Beck's return, you know, what this means for Georgia, the excitement about where Georgia could be, some of those early, way too early top 25s, and some of the early conversation that's going to be out there as it relates to UGA. Let's do all that with Connor Raleigh here right now today on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Breda Pest Management. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. And here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Breda Pest Management, when you hear the sound of my voice right now, I'll be on an airplane. Connor Raleigh, I believe, will already be in sunny south florida but i'll be on my way there coverage of the orange bowl taking place all week long for dog nation and connor this always happens in every situation like this there was a time of you know a couple of weeks ago where if you'd have asked me do i have any interest in the orange bowl no i'm not I'm, you know whatever i'm just ready to whatever but as you get closer to game time it is a chance to see uga play again and obviously the thing i believe that's breathed new life into the orange bowl perhaps more so than anything else, the return of Carson back, the fact that we're not just watching maybe his swan song in a Georgia uniform, but a precursor for what Georgia can be in 2024 there as well. I am legitimately much more excited about Georgia versus Florida State. I have no idea what the Seminoles are going to look like, but I think we do get a pretty good version of Georgia here uh, coming up on Saturday. Are you like me and kind of with the back announcement, perhaps maybe the number one reason why, has your intrigue level grown about this Orange Bowl matchup coming up? It has, and I actually think part of it is because of the way Florida State is pretty clearly, I think, approaching this game. And I have no fault of the players electing to opt out of this game. It's their decision. And, you know, I think they probably justifiably feel like they shouldn't even be playing in this Orange Bowl. They should be playing in a college football playoff game. But, you know, Georgia's been here before, and they've been in this situation, and they understand what's coming ahead and the value of these bowl games and playing in them. And, you know, again, we're recording this before maybe a decision is made by Brock Bowers, Marius Mims, Corey Lassett, or whoever. We'll, we'll find out when we get down to Miami, uh, you know, who is actually playing in this game. But I think there's two sort of things that Georgia can go out there and do. One, sort of honor some of these guys who it will be their yep. last game. Like, I think it'd be really cool if Brock Bowers goes out there for two, three plays, catches a touchdown, and could be in the second quarter. Georgia takes a timeout, lets him come off the field and get nice. celebrated out there. I love it. And then also, you know, with Florida State, with the guys that they've had opting out, Jared Burris off to the NFL, Johnny Wilson, Trey Benson, Jaheim Bell, I think there's a chance for Georgia to go out there and really put it on Florida State in a way and make a statement, not just to the college football playoff committee, but to the rest of the sport as well. Of Yeah, like we didn't make it into the college football playoff this year, but we're not going anywhere. And yeah. we're still one of the better teams in the country and someone that is more than capable of, of not just getting into a 12-team college football playoff next year, but winning the whole thing. I think this is going to be a Georgia team that is motivated and wants to come out there and make a statement. And when we've seen that, you know, during this 2024, 2023 season, rather, you know, Kentucky will miss. Georgia proves to make a pretty forceful statement. I think that's what's going to happen in the Orange Bowl. I think it's really interesting. And I've sort of somewhat jokingly said the winner of this game should declare themselves national champions. I don't believe that's going to happen, but I think that there's certainly crazier things in college football have happened than that. But even beyond that, you know, one of the things I do love this time of year is shortly after this game, one way or another, 
we'll start to see those way too early top 25s start coming out for the 2024 season. Mark Schleyball always tries to get his out, you know, as, as soon as anyone. Other guys will try to race there, too, and see how quickly they can get their early top 25s out. You know, based on the result of this game, or maybe even, you know, more than just that, like how high do you think Georgia has a chance to be in some of these way too early top 25s that are going to come out? I think number two or number three, I think regardless of what you see happen here, Alabama's going to be number one yeah. because of the fact that they'll bring back Jalen Monroe and the way they've recruited of late. I think Texas, if Quinn Ewers comes back next year and the fact that they're in the playoff, and I think you know if, if I'm allowed to place bets, uh, I might place a futures bet right now on Texas winning the national championship this season. And if they bring him back, I could see a lot of people sort of putting them high in next year's ranking, especially with what they, you know, can potentially go out and do both in the recruiting cycle and also the transfer portal there. So I think, you know, right now, as we understand the Georgia roster here, as we're recording this on December 20th, you know, Georgia's going to be maybe the number two, number three team in the country to start next season. Uh, but they absolutely, in my mind, with Carson Beck coming back, with who they could potentially add in the transfer portal, with what they have on this defense and, and the fact that as we sit here right now, you know, Georgia might only lose one coaching assistant this offseason and Fran Brown going and becoming the, the head coach at Syracuse. And if you're going to lose an assistant off this staff, defensive backs coach might be the one you're most comfortable seeing go somewhere else, yeah. given what Muschamp also works with that position and given just also how we know Kirby Smart coaches up safeties and defensive backs at the University of Georgia. So coaching continuity is something Kirby Smart has talked about before. I think that's a big reason why Georgia ended up sort of winning back-to-back national titles because they have been able to keep the majority of that staff intact for so long. And, and, and so, you know, while, yes, you're going to see flashy names and, and Georgia may not be number one in some of those way too early top 25, I, I do think that Georgia is just as capable as winning a national championship, even if they are ranked number three to start the 2024 season. Well, it's the reason why I was so happy about the Carson Beck news. I mean, obviously it's good to get a good player back, but, Connor, I really enjoy this time of year. You know, I, I like the offseason conversation i like laying the groundwork in early january for what's going to happen that fall and i think as fans and i am you're more of a traditional journalist but as as someone who does a kind of a fan-oriented conversation around here i would say that as a fan sometimes about the only thing you really have a right to ask for is you know be relevant you know you know keeping the conversation you know keep me looking forward to something and i think by getting carson back back it is a much more enjoyable preseason chatter type conversation through the winter of 2024 heading towards spring practice than it perhaps otherwise would be I mean listen we wouldn't have raised the white flag even if there was no Carson back but boy it's a lot easier to sell you know road games at Alabama Texas Ole Miss and Clemson neutral side to begin the season a lot easier to sell Georgia's chances in games like that with a quarterback the stature of back returning yeah, as we sit here on December 20th, you know, uh, Kentucky, they go out and add Jermaine Dumas Johnson yep. via the transfer portal. They had already signed Brock Vandergrift. You look at Georgia's road schedule next year at Kentucky, at Alabama, at Texas, at Ole Miss. We, we just talked about Alabama and Texas, so they might be one and two in the country to start next season. And then I would say Ole Miss and Kentucky are two of the better portal teams to this point in the cycle with what they've brought in. And, you know, that's probably as tough a road schedule as you're going to find in the country next year. But Georgia's obviously got the talent to handle that, and with maybe the exception of the Alabama game, they might be favored in those other three games. But I think when you look at with what Georgia is bringing back already, and yes, they're going to lose some guys to the NFL draft, and that's not a surprise. That's a good thing, I think, long-term for Georgia. You want to have continued NFL draft success because that makes yeah. it easier to recruit. 
there's still going to be tons of talent on this team. I know, you know, like the offensive line, for example, they could lose some talent there in Amarius Mims, Cedric Van Pran, Xavier Trust. But, you know, you bring back Monroe Freeling, who steps in at their right tackle position. Ernest Green at left tackle is going to be back for another year. you got a lot of playing time this year out of Michael Morris and Dylan Fairchild at guard. There's still a ton of talent on that offensive line there. And, and then at the wide receiver room, you've already brought in London Humphreys. You could potentially bring in somebody else there at that wide receiver position as well, along with bringing back guys like Dominic Lovett, Ra Ra Thomas, Dylan Bell at, at, that, at that position. This offense is going to be just as potent as it was this past season, even in losing, you know, Brock Bowers and then potentially Lad McConkie there as well. And then defensively, you know, again, maybe they've made their decisions uh, publicly known by the time we're, we're, we're airing this. Right. But if you're able to get one or two of Warren Brinson and Nass Sackhouse back with what Georgia's bringing back in the defensive line room, with the talent they have in that secondary, I, I think you really like where this defense can be. And with the hope that, you know, with another year under their belt, maybe a Michael Williams, a Jalen Walker, Christian Miller, whoever, uh, emerges sort of as that sort of game wrecker that Kirby Smart had referenced that Georgia didn't really have this season. And he proved correct, I think, in that assessment. And so with the talent that Georgia does have coming back next season, and, you know, I think Carson back is obviously the tip of the iceberg, but a very important point and launching point as well there. When you bring back a guy that already had so much success in his first year as a starter and now is going to have a full off season as the guy, the belief to sort of grow and expand his game, you know, as good as Georgia was this season, I think clearly one of the best teams in the country in my mind, you know, uh, I think they're going to be either the second or third best team to end this season, depending on who wins the national championship. And to get to build off of that, I think is a really exciting proposition for a Georgia program. I think you saw, you know, the benefits that Stetson Bennett reaped when he was the full-time starter going into the 2022 season and the jump that he made in going from, you know, a capable quarterback that won that Georgia won a national championship with to being one of the bigger reasons Georgia won a national championship in 2022. Carson Beck's a better quarterback right now than Stetson was in 2021, and I'm excited to see in 2024 just how much Beck ends up growing. Let me just squeeze in one more thing before we let you go. If I made a list of some of the guys that I'm hopeful to see play a good bit in the Orange Bowl that I'm just sort of curious about because of what I think they could be next year, you know, my mind gravitates towards defensive linemen like Christian Miller and, and Jordan Hall. Miller, who I think we've seen some flashes from, a guy like Hall, who I think we're hopeful to see more flashes from those would be on my list of boy it would be nice to see extended look at them in Miami are there from your standpoint a Georgia perspective here some guys that you're either hopeful to see more of or you think that Georgia fans should perhaps be watching closely in the event they do get some extended playing time I think Miller is absolutely one to know he really impressed me with how he closed this season and you saw you know maybe the light come on for him and really start to turn a corner from going to a guy who you know a rotational piece to a guy who could very well be a starter and a key player on that interior defensive line. The other guy, uh, we'll get a chance to talk to Glenn Schumann and Orwell Muschamp at the Orange Bowl. Uh, the guy that is most interesting to me and, and people that have followed my coverage have known I've been interested in him. I've asked about him a lot. It's Jalen Walker. Uh, you know, guy led Georgia in sacks this season with five. Again, not a huge number, but I think when you consider the fact that he was playing very limited snaps just as a third down edge rusher, for him to be that productive in that few snaps, along with the fact that, you know, with what Georgia brings back at inside linebacker, Small Munden, CJ, CJ Allen, Raylan Wilson, where do you play him next season? Because he, yeah. it's clear he's one of the best players on Georgia's defense, not just the best 11, but like I'm talking like 
three or four best players on this defense. And, and so if we're talking to Glenn Schumann, a guy who coaches Jalen Walker as an inside linebacker, how do you evaluate Jalen Walker in terms of what he might be able to bring this team? And also, how do you get more out of him and how do you get him on the field more, given obviously what he is able to do, but also with some of the other talent that you have there? So I think that this Orange Bowl, with some of the defections they've had at the outside linebacker position and then obviously being a little bit thinner at inside linebacker, I think it's going to be you know potentially illuminating in terms of what Georgia chooses to do with Jalen Walker and where his future is because, you know, if Malachi Starks is going to be the best player on Georgia's defense next year, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if Jalen Walker is the second best player on Georgia's defense next year. Mm. And I say that recognizing that as we sit here on December 20th, I don't know what his home position is or the position where he's going to play the most snaps is. Boy, that's a fascinating conversation. Really, really interesting stuff, Connor. I appreciate you sharing that. And thanks for spending some time with us here over the course of the last couple of uh, days. I'll look forward to seeing you in person down there in South Florida. We'll get ready for a game coming up on Saturday and all of the chatter that comes up for the 2024 season after that. Connor, I have really enjoyed reading you at dognation.com over the course of this month. It's been very busy, uh, a lot of very interesting news, and it is not done yet. So we'll see you down there in Miami and Fort Lauderdale, and uh, obviously uh, back here again on Dog Nation Daily very soon as well. Yeah, for as much news as there has been, we're going to be killing for this stuff in March and April. So look forward to it. As always, it's a pleasure, BA. Talk to you soon. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. Really appreciate that from Connor Riley. We're really looking forward to a great week's worth of coverage here from Miami. Georgia getting ready for the Orange Bowl coming up on Saturday against Florida State. Plenty of coverage around that for you here at Dog Nation. Of course, speaking of Miami and down there in sunny Florida, of course, the sun, the fun associated with all that. Get you thinking about a Royal Caribbean cruise vacation there as well. And Dog Nation's cruise. Getting ready to go in April of 2024. Now, we had out of Port Canaveral there on that. So it's a wonderful time for you to be on board with us. Allure of the Seas is our cruise ship. It's an Oasis-class ship. It's one of the fun things that Royal Caribbean's doing for the upcoming year. For the very first time ever, offering the Oasis-class ships, which as of now are the largest ships at sea, uh, on those three- and four-night vacation itineraries. That's never happened before, but it's going to happen this upcoming year. And we said for our Dog Nation cruise, you got to jump on board and be ready to go there for that. Have the Dog Nation cruise for the very first time ever on an Oasis-class ship. It's going to be a great time. RoyalDogs.com is the uh, website you can go to for that. Jessica Slater, great travel agent. You know her. You've heard us talk about her, but she's got a great website for you, RoyalDogs.com, where you can find out more about that and be a part of our Dog Nation cruise, which is going to be here before you know it. By the time that calendar switches over to the brand new year, we're really at that point in time only a matter of like weeks away, really, in a lot of ways, from that Dog, dog Nation cruise. So, Please make sure you get ready to enjoy all of that with us. All right, now, cruise around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. And I want to highlight some other bowl games here for a moment. And I think one of the things that is going to matter a lot in the future, in the new landscape that we're going to live in, you know, if there was a 12-team playoff this year uh, and the conferences were expanded the way they're going to be, then 10 of the 12 teams in the college football playoff for this season would either be in the SEC or in the Big Ten, that there is clear separation right now between the Big Ten and the SEC in comparison to the rest of the uh, so-called power conferences. And so when you've got SEC versus Big Ten moving forward in the future, I believe there's going to be a little bit of extra meaning around some of those games. Let's talk about this here for a moment. Starting on September 30th, I should say December 30th, that's the same day, obviously, on Saturday, when Georgia plays against Florida State. You've also got the Peach Bowl taking place between uh, Penn State and Ole Miss. And 
you know, I think the Ole Miss team that we're going to see on this particular game could be a far cry from what I mean, they've basically gotten every player in the transfer portal. And so the Ole Miss team that we see in 2024 may even be, probably will be, even better than the one you see here this year. But nonetheless, it's a chance for some bragging rights here. And for a coach like James Franklin, really both these coaches kind of the same boat of, you know, a lot of wins, but not really that big signature style win. Not really that win that you really kind of give your fans a chance to brag about. Like, who has Penn State really beaten that has mattered in the recent years for James Franklin? They beat Iowa this year. You can make case Iowa's the best win that Penn State's gotten all year long. Well, that's why a game against Ole Miss would probably be, you know, a, a kind of a nice trophy for Penn State. On the flip side of that, Ole Miss kind of the same way. They went 10-2. and They lost to Bama. They lost to uh, Georgia. You know, they won the Egg Bowl. But but in terms of really giving something for Ole Miss fans to be happy about, right now that game's probably LSU. LSU also lost a couple of times in addition to you, know, you losing that game to Ole Miss. So you're talking about for the Peach Bowl, a pretty fun sort of Big Ten SEC-style matchup where really both these teams, Ole Miss and Penn State, would really both benefit from from getting a win there. You've also got January 1st, the Citrus Bowl between Iowa and Tennessee, and I don't have a ton to sell you on as far as this particular like Big Ten SEC matchup goes, other than the fact that if you want to contrast in styles, this is no doubt a contrast in styles. And, you know, I mean, for Tennessee, at some point in time, I'd sort of like to see Nico Emileva play quarterback, right? I mean, wouldn't that be a good thing to do in a bowl game like this to sort of give you a little bit of a glimpse of what the future might be for him at the quarterback position? We didn't see much of him this year. He's supposed to be the guy for them. Uh, if you tune in and watch this game from Orlando, seeing a little bit of Nico would probably be, I don't know, at least for Tennessee, something to sort of sell you on as it relates to the future because 2024 will be a pretty big deal for Josh Heupel. You know, I would say that Heupel has been more successful than not thus far, but the one thing he has proven pretty you know, one thing that's, that's proven pretty difficult for him to do is after being number one to begin sort of the college ball rank, uh, rankings in 2022, coming into Athens, so, sort of supporting that number one ranking, the things that have happened for Tennessee after that have just not been in keeping with that level of hype. That the win against Alabama, third Saturday in October, back, you know, two seasons ago, nothing that's happened since then has sort of felt very much in line with, you know, much of that. So kind of setting some sort of, uh, a table for success next season to kind of restore a little bit of what Tennessee fans thought was kind of an emerging program. Maybe the game against Iowa provides you a chance for that. At the very least, you can avoid the embarrassment of losing. Uh, that may be the one thing that Tennessee really can do is I don't know how much you gain by winning, but perhaps you avoid some embarrassment by losing if you can go out there and get it done against the uh, Hawkeyes there in Orlando. No doubt there'll be a lot of orange-clad folks all over Disney World and places like that coming up here too. And then another kind of Big Ten SEC matchup on tap here as well. It's the game that's in Tampa. It used to be called the Outback Bowl. It's called something else now. Um, I don't know. Like Outback's not a sponsor of ours either, but for some reason it just seems a little bit more, uh, uh, I guess, enjoyable to call it the Outback Bowl. You know, back when you used to get the Bloomin' Onion or like the whatever. You know, there, something about that sort of felt at least traditional college football, whatever it is now. I don't know that it quite feels the same way, but it's Wisconsin LSU. It'll be our first chance to see LSU and now the post Jaden Daniels era. Daniels obviously opting out for this game. And for Wisconsin, this is one of those teams that wants to, you know, kind of be a part with Luke Fickle at head coach, be a part of um an improved Big Ten moving forward. And don't forget, in twenty twenty four, Wisconsin hosts Alabama. That's a non conference game for Alabama next year at Wisconsin. So a bit of a measuring stick game for the uh, Badgers against LSU, but also 
one of those teams that's going to kind of factor into the SEC conversation a little bit next year too as they get a chance to have a home game with Alabama coming up there to see them so uh, that's one of those games and then we'll obviously do a lot more in the college football playoff kind of moving forward I'll give you a couple of quick early thoughts on this just for a moment I saw where uh, Bruce Feldman from the Athletic was kind of polling Big Ten coaches about Michigan and SEC coaches about Alabama and kind of vice versa there as well if I saw this correctly and I saw this on social media the other day I believe that you've got 12 different Big Ten coaches who've kind of all picked Alabama to win this game. Like, that's pretty amazing, right? It tells me a couple of things. First of all, the Spygate stuff or the sign ceiling stuff around Michigan, I do believe that was legitimate and real. I do believe that Michigan cheated and benefited from it. But I also believe the investigation into all that was kind of spurred on by the fact that I just think legitimately a lot of people don't like Jim Harbaugh. Like the entirety of the league picking against him against Alabama gives you an idea <laughs> that no one seems to enjoy saying anything nice about Jim Harbaugh within the Big Ten if they can uh, certainly help it. But there's also a chance these Big Ten coaches are making that prediction because they believe that really is what's going to come true. And this is going to be the hardest part about the playoff. And we're all in a good mood right now because a lot of good things have been happening for Georgia as of late. But uh, this is going to be the hardest part about the college football playoff is that if Georgia goes out, I'm sorry, if Alabama goes out there and makes it look easy against a Michigan team that the Big Ten coaches themselves are telling you aren't uh, deserving of being, you know, kind of on the same you know field right now, and Alabama gets the rematch against Texas, who beat it in Tuscaloosa, and then they find a way to win that game, I think you're going to realize that once again, the non-SEC teams in the college football playoff just sort of proved to be relatively easy outs and that Georgia could have marched through this just as well if they just had found a way to get past, you know, Kirby Smart said it in the clip we played earlier in this show, you know, just too many mistakes. If you could have just found some way, as hobbled as you were, as many mistakes as you made, as ugly at times as that game was, if you could have just found some way to get through that, Michigan, Texas, who's the other one, Washington, you know, these teams would be, you know, very little in the way of true opposition for Georgia. And I'm getting the sneaking suspicion that Alabama may prove that. And I'm also, as I'm listening to myself say this, I just sort of realize how little I really want Alabama to win the national championship. I don't mind being a hater on this. I really don't want the Crimson Tide to win the national championship. But I have a sneaking suspicion that might be what happens. Obviously, I do expect Texas to beat Washington for what it's worth. And I do. I think that Texas may end up being the kind of team that is capable of bringing them. They may be good enough to beat Alabama twice. They might be. But oftentimes you see, you know, it's hard to beat a team twice within the same year. So uh, Alabama may get the benefit of that rematch there. Uh, but I sort of get the impression this is sort of setting up to be one of those deals where Alabama sort of rolls through and you realize if Georgia could have been in that same spot against these non-SEC teams, they perhaps could have made it look just as easy. But maybe that chance is coming 2024 or something like that. For now, though, we'll make that cruising around the SEC courtesy of Royal Caribbean. Of course, here on a Wednesday on Dog Nation Daily, we'd love to give a shout out to our friends at the Finish Long Drink. And of course, you kind of see the uh, Long Drink. Let me just move this over so you can see the peach. Yeah, there you go. The, if you're watching a video anyway, the peach can. Uh, that's the peach flavored version of the Finish Long Drink. That's always uh, a lot of fun for limited time here in the Peach State. And if you haven't tried some, it's a great time to do it. Get ready for New Year's Eve. Big parties, a lot of fun. Be the hit of your party by bringing the Finish Long Drink along with you. You can go to thelongdrink.com. You can find out where you can pick some up today, whether it be the cranberry flavor, the long drink strong, 8.5% alcohol by volume, long drink zero, no carbs, no sugar. You lose some of that Christmas weight by drinking some long drink zero, always a good idea. Or the traditional blue can, grapefruit flavor, gin kick, whichever version you enjoy. There's a great place near you to pick some up. And if you go to the website, thelongdrink.com, you can find out more about that today. Great to have, as always, the finished long drink, a part of our action here on Dog Nation Daily. 
All right, thank you as always for a couple of very uh, nice pre-recorded shows the last couple of days. Your patience there on that. We're back live tomorrow. Slightly different format because we'll be in Miami, but nonetheless, looking forward to bringing you bowl coverage there from that. Also, tremendous thanks to all of you here this holiday season. I just am incredibly grateful for the job I get to do, the relationships I've been able to form because of the privilege I have of talking to Georgia fans on a daily basis. So as we're rolling past Christmas, rolling towards New Year's, I truly hope you are enjoying this holiday time of year. And I truly hope your heart is as filled with gratitude as mine is because I've got so many great things in my life, my family, my job, you know, the the excitement of watching how this sport continues to uh, entertain us week after week, month after month, year after year. And I consider it an incredible honor to be able to part of this conversation with you each and every day. So I'll see you tomorrow live in Miami. Hope, as I said before, you're enjoying your holiday season. Lousy, stinking Gators, they're definitely not. Gator hater updater. It's been 1,145 days since Florida's beaten Georgia, and that number is going to keep going up and up and up. And then we'll see you tomorrow from Miami here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Breda Pest Management.